so it's Mofa Kiyomi back again with a second episode of Square One. For those of you who are new, every episode I talk about a different topic, mostly relating to social justice and just spreading awareness in general. This episode is called Intersectional Feminism for Dummies, in honor of March. So as we go into International Women's Month, I'd like to do a quick shout out. Shout out to girls everywhere, slaying life and grinding to reach our goals. Shout out to the girls who are struggling and just need that push to keep going. If you were looking for a sign, by the way, this is it. Shout out to the girls who are new to the sisterhood. Welcome. Shout out to all women because we deserve to feel good about ourselves. Anyway, so the reason why I decided to do this episode called Intersectional Feminism for Dummies was because as we are in Women's Month, we need to think about how feminism is really about standing for all women instead of one type of woman. And so that's what intersectional feminism does. First, let me define intersectionality. Intersectionality is the concept that social constructs like race, gender, class, ability, etc. They're all connected through discrimination or disadvantage. Intersectional feminism is the concept of acknowledging that and adding that belief to your brand of feminism. It's too often that we see this image of feminism, which is plastered on walls and broadcasted everywhere, that there is only one type of woman leading the movement and they all hate men when, in fact, it starts with every single one of us, regardless of our identity, and they're fighting for equality amongst all people, regardless of their gender. So, personally, what being a feminist means to me is not only fighting for equality, but being an advocate and helping everybody to have a voice and an opportunity to be heard, if that's what they wish. To be truly intersectional, one has to not only acknowledge the struggles of people similar to them, but also the people who are different to them. A big, big, big part of intersectionality is recognizing privilege in a sense that you have it and you should use it not only to your advantage, but to the advantage of other people as well. So intersectionalism is really important because feminism at its core is all about equality and without intersectionalism, it's incredibly hypocritical because you can't talk about one type of equality without mentioning the others. What I like to say and a lot of other people like to say is that if it's not intersectional, is it really feminism? A lot of people don't like to align themselves with the feminist movement because of the way that it's projected in the media in such a negative light. And not only do people paint feminists as quote-unquote crazy ladies in an agenda, but often there's usually just one type of woman that we see on the screens. And it makes one feel like if they don't look like her, is that room movement for them like how can they be part of it if that's not who they are intersectional feminism is much more inclusive and allows room for all women even those who aren't women to stand together for the cause i'd just like to say something quickly before i move on to my story so there's often this image of like to be a strong woman you don't you have to like not be girly you have to be like serious and like you have to be a certain way like you can't like clothes and makeup and also be like strong and intersectionality is changing all of that which is a big part of feminism in general but I just wanted to bring that up because I'm like that's a big thing that I see like a lot of people push themselves not to be like superficial because 
there are like problems with being completely superficial but at the same time having some superficial things is not a bad thing like liking clothes and liking makeup does not mean that you're not smart or you don't have strength and that's a big part of the feminism movement itself and it's also involved with intersectionality because it shows that like not there's not only one type of woman that can have a successful career so yeah no sorry I got off topic I just really wanted to bring that up anyway so my personal story I really resonate with this new advent of more inclusion in movements especially the feminism movement and growing up as a younger black girl it was kind of hard for me to resonate with a lot of the things I was seeing people get angry about and I kind of didn't understand it because I wasn't really seeing myself in them and not being able to imagine myself in some of these situations. I was like, what's going on? Especially with um, sexual assault, I was never seeing like dark women or darker women in the context of sexual assault. And I was like, so like, does it really happen to us? And especially with this new R. Kelly thing or not new, quite the opposite of new, actually, the fact that it's been going on for decades and nobody said a thing for so long. And the thing is that so many people knew, but they didn't say anything, which is incredibly problematic. That is an issue within the black community with colorism because a lot of the women he assaulted were dark skin. And it's also an issue with feminism because nobody was standing for these women. So that's an example of how intersectional feminism is important because without it, maybe there's a huge possibility that a lot of the R. Kelly stuff that we're hearing about today would have been just shoved under the rug. It still really bothers me, the R. Kelly thing, because, I don't know, imagine that it's been going on for so long and not one person said a thing and he bought them off. He just did these terrible things and that nobody cared. I remember reading this on Twitter, quoting um, Chance the Rapper, how Chance said that he thinks that he didn't say anything or he didn't care about it because they are dark skin and really like undressed or checked himself for his own colorism which I thought was honorable which some people were like oh like you're saying dark skin women don't matter and blah, blah blah when really he was just like saying that he was wrong for it and he's yeah black twitter was really quick to come at him for that but yeah I think that's just terrible the R. Kelly situation and now I think it's important that these women are coming out with their stories because women of color who are survivors of sexual assault will now feel liberated or they're going to feel some sense of, I don't know, some sense of, I guess, satisfaction that he's finally getting the punishment he deserves. Anyway, so I'm going to talk about some of my new female activist faces on Gen Z that like I really look up to. I believe that their feminism is truly intersectional because they stand for sides of the movement that we haven't seen before or that have kind of just been swept under the rug. And a lot of the feminist movement has been like being liberated sexually and all that stuff. So these women talk about those things as well as talking about other things that have kind of been like, I don't know, nobody has talked about yet. So one of them is Deja Fox. I was actually incredibly lucky to meet her recently, and she's awesome. She's, like, one of the sweetest people I've ever met, and I got to do a workshop with her. It was so much fun. Anyways, so Deja fought for sex ed in her school district, and the reason why it's different for her was because she was homeless in high school, 
So she brings awareness to homeless teens and ages, as well as talking about sex ed, which is a big thing. And so there's a video of her going off against a senator about his stance on Planned Parenthood. I, I believe she was 16 at the time. You should totally watch the video. Like, it's awesome. I believe her feminism is truly intersectional because she does not, even though, like, she's part of the Planned Parenthood movement and all that stuff, she does not limit herself to that. And, like, also bringing that angle to being a homeless teen and speaking out about their stories really, like... That's really inspiring how she's gone so far. So yeah, no, Deja, she's pretty cool. Look her up. Another is Nadia Akimoto. She is a young or activist who organized the organization. <laughs> Sorry, organized organizations. Founded the organization period, which distributes sanitary products like pads, tampons, and menstrual cups to people in need of them. And so she's one of the leaders of that movement. One of the big things about her is that she really, like, pushes for people to acknowledge that not all women have periods and not people, all people who are not women don't have periods. As in, there are people who aren't women who do have periods. So, I think that's pretty cool that she does that. And that's truly intersectional, bringing awareness to everybody's struggle. So, yeah, you should totally look her up. She also wrote a book called Period, which I totally suggest reading. Great book. So anyways, so next one, and last one for today, unfortunately, because I don't have that much time. Anyways, so Erin Phillip. She is a disabled, non-gender conforming trans woman, and she models, which is pretty badass. So she brings awareness to the struggles of disabled people who feel like they have less freedom in, like, finding their identity and exploring it. Because people tend to limit disabled people to just being disabled and trying to put them in that box and she's starting a conversation about helping disabled people explore their identity and not making them feel like they have to limit themselves and make their personality be nothing but being disabled and she's also starting a conversation about how trans identity relates to the clothes that trans people wear. Erin is one of the upcoming creatives in Gen Z and she, if you look on her Instagram, she has all these really cool futuristic fits, which I think are like fire. So anyways, she's going to be one of the new faces of fashion in the new generation. And so, yeah. So here's some things you can do to make your brand of feminism more inclusive. One is recognize your privilege and be an ally. So whether it's financial, racial, sexual, ability, etc., you can use your privilege as a platform to help those who aren't so lucky to have their voices heard. And you also should listen to people's stories and use the privilege to share those stories so you can spread the knowledge and make more people aware of what's happening. Because you'd be surprised how many people have no idea what's going on in the world. So, like, even by doing little things like reading the news or listening to someone's experience, you can make a change. Another is fight for sisterhood. For us as women to be recognized as people of value and importance, we need to treat each other as such. So to truly be intersectional, I guess you just need to treat people decently. Now, I'm not saying that you have to get along with everyone and sing kumbaya or whatever, because even though that would be a lot of fun and great, it's not realistic. Just try to avoid fighting for no reason because... Even though we're constantly put in a position to compete with each other all the time, 
that doesn't mean we have to we shouldn't succumb to that pressure to like fight and instead we should try and bring ourselves together in spite of that and we can spend more time pushing against those who try to hold us back instead of fighting one another one last thing don't be afraid of what people think i know other people's opinions can be really scary to face but eventually you're going to have to make this decision in your life about whether you want to do what you believe in or do what people expect of you feminism is not limited to attending protests and shouting for change And that's a lot of fun and it's really great. But if you feel like you're more introverted or that's just not your thing, there are other things you can do like building organizations, writing articles. You can be a Twitter activist, which I think Twitter activists are pretty cool. Or even doing a podcast like me. But find a way to be active because thinking about it and educating yourself only goes so far if you don't try to push for change. I'm going to end this episode with a quote by Audre Lorde, which reads, There is no such thing as a single-issue struggle because we do not live single-issue lives. Thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next time. Bye!